1: What's going on, DMV? Hope everybody is doing well tonight. 8 o'clock hour underway. And 106.7 The Fan is on your AM FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app and we're on the stream at thefandc.com. However you're tuned in tonight... We appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit. I'm Danny Noakes, Caitlin in studio, producing the show with you for another couple of hours. We're on the air until 10 o'clock this evening, and you can get in on the conversation if you'd like. We've talked plenty of college and pro football so far. That will continue. We're going to get get into a little commanders here in just a second. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Hope you are... Staying warm out there if you're driving out around the DMV here this evening. It's chilly. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm at Danny Noakes. You can tweet the station as well, at 1067thefan. Yep, we're all still on Twitter for how much longer, we don't know. But it's still the best resource for us, those of us that work in sports media so far. And by the way, speaking of sports media, there are several folks that I'm aware of that are at the Wizards game tonight. Our buddy Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage is in attendance for the Wiz game. And I believe Cakes of the Junkies is also I saw on Twitter attending this game. So pretty cool. Cakes got the the uh, the sweet treatment. Got some good food up there now. Checking in on that game, 62-54 the score just under a minute and a half to go in the second quarter, Wizards trailing the Miami Heat now by 8 points. No Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo in this game for Miami. So, really would have been a great opportunity for the Wizards to get a home win. Miami just 7 and 8 this season, 1 and 4 on the road, the Wizards 8 and 7, 5 and 4 at home. So this looked like a good opportunity for the Wizards to get a win here. Now, plenty of basketball still left to play. Only coming up on halftime here, just under a minute to go. Now it's a nine-point lead for Miami, 63-54. But right now leading for the Wizards is Rui Hachimura. Who came off the bench with 13 points, four rebounds, and an assist? He's six of nine from the field. Ten points from Beal tonight, four assists on three of four shooting, and another 11 points from Kristaps Porzingis. He's added nine rebounds, however, three assists, a steal, and a block. So a well-rounded game for Porzingis so far, and topping it all off, Kyle Kuzma nine points, four rebounds for. Washington now up to a 14 point lead for Miami 68 to 54 with 30 seconds to go in the first half. We'll check back in on the Wizards game here in a few minutes, a little bit later on in this hour. But I mentioned I wanted to go back into our discussion on the Washington commanders as they get ready to face the Houston Texans in Houston this weekend. And there has been, Well, at least there was some debate at the beginning of the week after the Eagles game. And despite the fact that Heineke once again played well enough to win, right? I mean, that's the least that you could say about the way that he played in that game. But everyone wants to know, does Carson Wentz play again this season? Should he play again this season? And by all means, feel free to jump in on this conversation with us. 800-636-1067 is the number to call. But Carson Wentz was not uh, not activated off of injured reserve this week for practice. So there was no decision that needed to be made by head coach Ron Rivera as to who the starting quarterback for the commanders this week against the Texans would be. But to me, there really shouldn't have been a decision that needs to be made anyway. And we were recording our show, myself, Dwight Vick, Michael Vick. We do a show called the Vic 757 show. I have a segment called Noakes notes on that show talking all things tech Virginia tech football and Dwight threw out there that there, you know, could be a debate about who comes back between Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, who trots out there uh, uh, to start the next game and, and by next game that that would have been next week against the Atlanta Falcons since he wasn't going to play this week. But I quickly said there's no decision that needs to be made. You got to stick with Heineke. And I've been saying this. I've been steadfast in my mindset on Taylor Heineke needing to stay the starting quarterback since Heineke and the commanders beat the Indianapolis Colts. I just don't think that there's any way you can trot Wentz back out there. What would even be the point? Heineke's three and one is a starter this year. Wentz is two and four. What's there to debate here, right? And I know... I know that when you you look at the stats, Carson Wentz actually was near the top of the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns when he was still active. Now, that had really started to kind of taper off in his last two games. And, and his last game was a win. His last game was a win over the Chicago Bears on the road before the Bears really started to hit their stride with particularly Justin Fields, who is just running all over the place right now. Set the single game rushing record for a quarterback in NFL history last week, did Justin Fields. And he is just incredibly electric and turning into a Lamar Jackson type player. Yeah, I think that would probably be the the best comp for maybe Jalen Hurts is actually an even better comp for Justin Fields. Just considering that they're kind of built the same way. They're a little bit bigger than Lamar Jackson, maybe not as quick as Lamar Jackson, but certainly bigger and still plenty quick, by the way. So, you know, Wentz actually had a little bit of momentum his last game when he injured his finger and has been out of the lineup ever since. And and obviously he got placed on IR. So Heineke came in and has been great. I mean, you know, his stats and there have been some mistakes that he's made it's certainly not been a completely smooth ride with Heineke as the starter but he is three and one and when it comes down to it there's just to me he's the guys seem to rally around Heineke Heineke actually gets Terry McLaurin the ball Carson Wentz for whatever reason could not get him the ball Jahan Dotson is kind of getting back into the fold Wentz really liked to go to Dotson but he's been out for a lot of when Heineke's been starting now that he's starting to get back into the mix I think that's only going to improve so uh let's go on over to the phones 800-636-1067 that's the MGM National Harbor listener line we've got Cameron in Rockville calling in talking a little commanders with us Cameron thanks for calling tonight how's it going
2: Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, I just uh, wanted to say, I do think Carson Wentz should get some playing time. I mean, Mm -hmm. the commanders are paying him all that money. I feel like it'd be kind of wasteful. And, you know, down the road, especially if they can get into the playoffs, he's the guy that has more
3: playoff experience. That's just my take.
1: All right, Cameron, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate it. So I definitely understand where you're coming from when it comes to the financial aspect of all of this. Right. They are paying him a lot of money, but they also can get out of his contract at the end of this season with little to no penalty. And that's generally not the case when it comes to uh, when it when it comes to. A big contract in the national football league and and trying to get rid of someone you generally whether it's a player or a coach, you have to buy out the contract and and that is never a small sum that you are ending up forking over but the other comment that that Cameron made about playoff experience he, has wait a minute has has carson has Carson been to the playoffs because his rookie year he blew out his knee and the Eagles went through their Super Bowl run without him. Last year, he had a chance to... Hold on, I need to look this up right now. I don't know if he's played a playoff game. Because last year, the, the and we all watched it unfold in hard knocks, Carson Wentz was not able to help win those last couple of games against two very winnable teams, right? It, it was Jackson, Jacksonville was the final game. And the Raiders was was the game before that. Um, he's played one playoff game. No, he's played in one playoff game. One for four. Yeah. So (laughs) when he said that, I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? He hasn't played in the playoffs. Carson Wentz hasn't played in the playoffs. So that is actually bogus because that means that Taylor Heineke has more playoff experience than Carson Wentz does. I mean, Heineke went toe to toe with Tom Brady in the playoffs. And by the way, back in 2020, that was the year that Tampa Bay would go on to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Right. It was Washington who played them the closest. Even the Chiefs couldn't play them as close as, as the Washington football team played them in that playoff game where they were led by Taylor Heineke. They actually had a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter, and, and, and Tampa was just a little bit too much. I, I'm not saying that they should have won, obviously. It would have been a considerable upset had they been able to do that, but that's kind of funny. See, that's, that's why you got to do your research before you call in because – Carson Wentz has no playoff experience. <laughs> That's funny though. And actually, Cameron, I I gotta say thank you because you you really just proved my point right there it, with one call. Uh, on top of everything that I'm throwing at you, right? Heineke's three and one. Wentz is two and four. I mean that right there is, is enough for me. He's won more games in two fewer attempts than Carson has, without Jahan Dotson, by the way. So it 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 it's not just about what's Physically and the tangible aspects of Heineke's game, but the intangibles, right? I mean, Heineke has uh, uh, an aura about him where the guys just trust him. You know, they, they they rally around him. So, but if you if you really if you if you want if you want another reason as to why Wentz shouldn't be the guy going for at least not long term and at least not for an extended period of time this season. If you hit 70% of the offensive snaps for Carson Wentz, you're, you have a, a, a draft pick that, went, that goes from a third to a second rounder if Carson Wentz plays 70% of Washington's offensive snaps this season. You can't have that happen. You can't have that happen. You cannot throw Carson Wentz back out there who has a worse record than the guy that's been filling in for him when there's a potential draft pick on the line going from a three to a two. That would be business malpractice. It would be football malpractice. It would just be malpractice in pretty much every single way that you could possibly imagine let's go back to the phones 800 1067 mgm national harbor listener line gary is in Spotsylvania. he wants to chime in on the decision between heineke and wentz gary thanks so much for calling in what's going on
2: hey what's going on guys first time caller i'm very excited um you can't put carson wentz in there you can't um, right. Heineke, Heineke. just brings a different aura, like you mentioned. Um, I can't. I can't support him throwing off that back foot. Um, <laughs> you know, that's one thing that you know that does. I, I'm not even sitting down half the time I'm watching the game. You know. Um, right. And you know, like last Monday, it was it was amazing. It's one of the first times I've seen them play like that since um, at least. If you want to say Pittsburgh last year, or um, it was great, it was it was a great overall team win, but there's no way you can put wins back up in there. Uh, um, Heineke, it, it, the. It's a a living, breathing organism. And now that you have Jahan Doxon coming back in, uh, Mr., you know, his hands are super glue, um, except for that hammy that, you know, he suffered. Um, This offense has the potential to be extremely potent, Uh, not to mention you have Houston coming up. And then after Houston, you know what I'm saying, it's Atlanta. So, I mean, these are Mm -hmm. doable games. Yep. Um, I appreciate yep. you taking my call, but you, you can't put Carson Wentz back in back in there. There's no way. I, I love the height. I love the, the strength, but there's there's no way.
1: I agree with you, Gary. Thanks so much for calling in, man. Really appreciate it. Gary's first time calling in to 106.7 The Fan, so appreciate you. We'll be here for the next couple of hours, and of course, hit us up again, Gary, the next time we're on the air, but I totally agree. Everything that he was saying is, is not anything that I disagree with. I, I've... I've totally subscribed to that mindset for several weeks now. There, there was really no way that you were ever going to convince me to to that putting Wentz back in there was a good idea. And you know, I it, Gary kind of echoed a lot of the sentiments that I have. You know, we talk about there being a living, breathing thing, and you know, whatever you want to call it, palpable hype. It, there, There is there's positive energy around the team right now. And that's crazy when you consider how much negative stuff has gone on with these guys. You know, they, they've been able to tune out all this ownership talk, all the lawsuits. We got another lawsuit, in fact, that we have to to mention in tonight's show that's been levied by the D.C. Attorney General at the Commander's. Of course, I say it's levied at the commander. It's levied at Dan Snyder. When you talk about the commanders and it's happening off the field, chances are it's going on with Dan Snyder. And that's why he's such a black eye for obviously DC sports, that franchise, but the NFL too. And I have to imagine that's part of the reason why it would appear he is in the process of trying to sell the team. You just got a laundry list of reasons why Heineke's got to be the guy going forward. We're going to step aside. We'll take a break. Heineke, 3-1. and one. Wentz, 2-4. and four. Wentz, no playoff experience. Heineke's played against Tom Brady in the playoffs. If, if you really wanted to go that route, who cares about the money that you're spending on him if, you, if you're going to release him after the season anyway? What are we still doing here? The guys like playing with Heineke better. There's no doubt about it. There's more positive energy. He's winning more games and less tries. Let's, let's end this discussion and, and hope that Ron Rivera makes the right call and, and goes with Taylor uh, the rest of the way. Now, and and we're going to go to a break. You could have an actual debate that if Taylor has a bad game, and bad game could mean a couple of things, and Wentz is healthy, do you go to him, right? Do you, do you sit Taylor down and, and go to a guy and try and get some more of that? That's a debate that we can have, and we can save that for a little bit later on in the show. But right now, Stepping aside for a break, we'll come back, and we'll look at some more of the NFL games around the National Football League this week, and there are some good ones, so stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. Wow, the scenes up in Orchard Park, New York, home of the Buffalo Bills, absolutely nuts right now. There is so much snow on the ground. It is... Surprisingly a very good thing that they moved that game out of Buffalo this weekend because I can only imagine the travel woes that would have been experienced trying just to get to and from the game on top of trying to keep the field clean. You would not believe how much snow there is in that stadium right now. Go to the Buffalo Bills Twitter account if you don't believe me. They've been posting videos all day. An hour ago, they posted an update saying, yeah, it's still snowing. I'm going to get you some totals on that here in just a second. And we'll go more in depth on some more of the NFL games across the schedule as well but we go back to the phones right now 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line is, and the question is if Wentz is healthy and it's not going to be the case this week do you go back to him or do you stick with Heineke I'm sticking with Heineke let's go to Andre in Manassas Andre thanks for calling in this evening how's it going
3: I'm doing well, man. I mean, (laughs) football is a game of strategy, right? And I think everyone you're going into the Pittsburgh game, sorry, the the Eagles game, you had to run the ball. You had to run the ball. And, you know, they won. Well, I understand why everybody wants to stick with Heineke, and I I guess I want to stick with Heineke. You know, what happens when they go up against Atlanta, who has the worst passing defense in the league? Hmm. Do you still just not play Wentz when you know you probably have a better chance of attacking, you know, their defense, um, Atlanta's defense, um, with um the big arm of, of Carson and I I guess my question, do you just carte blanche just sit Wentz and call it a day or do you do what they I mean, I know it's not ideal, but you have yeah. quarterback one A, one B in college and you you, you kinda of play the numbers. You you kinda of play the um the odds and again if if Atlanta has the worst defense we're going into Atlanta sorry, the worst passing defense and we're going into Atlanta and you know Heineke's struggling throwing the ball, do you do you say, you know what? I think, you know, in in this game, in the Atlanta game, Wentz gives us the best chance to win and, and play Wentz.
1: It's a good question, Andre, and, and thanks so much for calling in tonight. He, he makes a good point, and it's one that I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, where if Heineke has a bad game and, and Wentz comes back healthy, whether it's next week or the, the week after or, or the several weeks after that, do you go to him? Do, how, how long is, is Heineke's leash? I think that's a fair question. And if it's me, I, I just – there's there's there was such a different – Energy around the team when Carson Wentz was was the quarterback because it seemed like there was more expectations and they were falling short of those expectations. So that sort of played into it. But, you know, Wentz was holding on to the ball too long. And and the offensive line wasn't playing well right there. So everybody deserves some of the blame there. But, But I also mentioned Wentz, for some reason, struggled to get the ball into Terry McLaurin's hands. And I don't know if that was, you know, Scott Turner, offensive coordinator in the scheme, more of of a result of that or if it was just, you know, Wentz not going to him. But Terry's been much more effective as a receiver with Taylor Heineke. And we all know that Terry McLaurin is one of the top 10 wide receivers in the game right now. There's no question about that. He The, the money that he got this offseason is well-deserved. They need to be getting him the ball as much as possible and if Heineke can do that better, I want the guy that can get the the ball into the hands of my playmakers more often. So it, right now it, it seems like that's Heineke. Let's go back to the MGM National Harbor listener line. Let's go to Jack in Springfield. Jack, thanks for calling in. What do you got for me?
4: Hey, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think we should stay with Taylor Heineke. Uh, we, we've we had enough of Carson Wentz and, He's not a franchise quarterback. There's really no reason to go back to him unless Heineke is really struggling and you bring him in as a spark. You know, right. the thing I find kind of interesting, too, is when people say, well, we paid him $28 million. Well, that, that money's spent, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. kind of like getting rid of William Jackson. If they're not going to produce on the field, it doesn't matter. You know, there's no dead salary cap hit. There's no, hey, let's give him more time. Uh you know, I see no reason to go go back to Wentz again unless Heineke's really struggling and you bring him in as the, the relief guy to give the team, you know, quote-unquote, a spark. But he can't get away from the rush, and he just doesn't have that camaraderie factor in yes. the locker room. It's mm-hmm. clear to me, um, and I'd go a step further. If... We end up out of the playoff picture and we're you know, close to it. You've got to stick Sam Howell in there then at that point mm. because you're not going to re-sign Carson Wentz. Why would you put him out there? Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, Jack, we're on the exact same page, man. I, I totally agree with you. You you share a lot of the same sentiments and, and, and viewpoints that I do specifically about how the money's already spent when it comes to Carson Wentz, right? And you can get out of his contract this offseason with little to no penalty. So that's not really an argument for me as to why you would throw Wentz back out there. The The money doesn't really matter because he's gone, I think, after the season, no matter what. Now, I also agree though that and and this is kind of what Andre who just called in from Manassas was also alluding to where if Heineke struggles and and you know they're not moving the ball or he has a bad game okay like I could I could I could hear out the argument for for throwing Wentz back out there and you know maybe he gives him a spark but it's really hard to imagine. Uh, it's not hard to imagine a scenario where Heineke struggles, and you know maybe they they turn to Wentz. It's hard for me to imagine that Wentz is going to make it that much better. Like we've already, and and this is kind of what Jack was saying too. We've seen enough of Carson Wentz, have we not? We we know what we get out of him, you know. And and I I, I honestly feel kind of bad for Carson Wentz because you know I think so much of a player's success in the NFL is dictated by the situation that they walk into as a rookie. And Carson Wentz walked into a brilliant situation as a rookie. Doug Peterson the head coach, Frank Reich the offensive coordinator. He was going to win MVP as a rookie until he blew his knee out in a game that was very competitive against the Rams. So when that happened everything changed. It's it's kind of the same thing with RG3. You know, similar trajectories but the stories were a little bit different I, and again obviously that eagles team in 2017 was better than than the redskins team from 2012 led by rg3 but I, I just you know guys sometimes are very talented coming out of college but they get put in a situation that's really hard to overcome everything going south around you and you end up not having a great career you know, I, I've i alluded to Andrew Luck already once in this show, and yes, he was very good despite the fact that he came into such a difficult situation and, you know, he was taking hits all the time and, you know, had several different surgeries and he had to call it quits because he, you know, he just didn't want to take that sort of punishment anymore. So uh, we're on the same page there, Jack. Back to the phones once again. Let's go to Tim in Maryland. Tim, thanks so much for calling. What you got for us on the Commanders?
4: Hey, buddy, um, I, I I'm with uh, the last caller uh, for the, for the most part. But anyway, I unless Heineke really really starts to blow it, yeah. Uh, if they do anything, they've got to put Sam Howell in. I mean, Carson Wentz should never be on that field again for the for our team. I'm, I'm sorry, I just. You know, uh, I think Heineke can can handle it, but if he starts screwing up, you know, and and, and you know losing games for us or whatever, they have got to go with Sam Howe, man. Mm. I mean, you got to find out what that kid's about. Yeah. But As long as uh, Heineke's, you know, holding his own, man, just stick with it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. That's a great call. Thanks, for, thanks for hitting us up. Yeah, and and Tim shares pretty much my thoughts, Jack's thoughts, uh Gary called in, Andre I think we're we're all but one, right? All but one of us that's that's called in or that's been talking this evening has has said you gotta stick with Heineke. And I like the way that, that Tim phrased it though. You know he's he's holding his own, right? And and in some games he's doing more than that. And and Heineke's a great underdog story. But the you know the camaraderie in the locker room and that's something that Jack brought up, it's it's just completely different than what it was when when Carson Wentz was was starting at quarterback for this team so you know it's it's in my mind it's a no-brainer and both Jack and Tim have also brought up the fact that if you do have to go to somebody else especially later on in the season you go to Sam Howe right I mean what think about what Carson Wentz would have to do for him to be here past this season he would have to he would he would have to lead this team in, on a pretty deep playoff run, right? And Heineke's the one that's been winning them more games. Heineke's three and one. Wentz is two and four. You throw Wentz back out there. What what exactly gives you confidence to think that he's going to give you a better shot to win than Taylor Heineke would? There's there's nothing to me. There's there's nothing that you can point to. He's got a stronger arm. Well, okay. Well. Taylor Heineke's still somehow been much easier able to find Terry McLaurin, the best receiver on the team, and one of the best receivers in the NFL. Explain that, because when Wentz was playing, Jihad Dotson was also playing for for most of the time, and it was great that he could get Dotson the ball, but he couldn't get Terry the ball. So, you know, what, what happened there? I, I just feel like the offense seems to be moving better with Heineke, and... I I apologize because I don't remember which of our callers this segment was, and and they've all been good. I appreciate all you guys hitting us up. But the Commanders ran the ball really well against the Eagles on Monday night, and and that's something that I didn't mention yet. And you really have to give a ton of credit, I think, to Antonio Gibson. You know, as great a story as Brian Robinson is, as much as I really like Brian Robinson, too, I think he's a very good tailback. I really am impressed with Antonio Gibson, you know, and I give credit to that guy because... They drafted Brian Robinson all throughout the preseason but before he he was shot and, and had to end up trying to recover from that. There was a lot of hype around Brian Robinson that he might overtake Gibson for the starting running back role. And after the injury, that didn't happen. But when he came back, it did happen. He really usurped the starting role away from Gibson. But since then, Gibson's running hard. They've both been pretty effective. But Gibson getting into the end zone again against Philadelphia. He another franchise record for touchdowns through his first four seasons did Antonio Gibson set. So the offense overall is is just playing much better under Taylor Heineke. All right, let's get out of here. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. We did not get to the NFL games on the schedule for this weekend, so we will do that in the next segment. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. Thanks so much to everybody that's called in to the show so far this evening. Really appreciate it. We've had a handful of callers over the last couple of segments, as we've discussed whether or not when he becomes healthy, Carson Wentz, do you throw him back out there for Taylor Heineke? I've been saying no, you keep Heineke in there and all but one of our callers agreed 800-636-1067 is the mgm national harbor listener line you can call us there i'll continue to take your calls on that topic but i am going to move on to some of the other games in the nfl because i want to get through and there are some interesting matchups here across the national football league so away we go commanders at houston we all know that game washington visiting the texans our guy captain todd's over there in houston so one o'clock kickoff. Houston just one seven and one. Commanders back to five and five. A chance to get above five hundred. Oh my goodness! It's a big opportunity. Houston this week. Atlanta next week. Obviously a couple of games that they're going to be favored to win and expected to win. Now other games. Cleveland at Buffalo. I mentioned that up in Buffalo it is quite a scene right now, and my goodness, um, it is. I- I'm telling you, it is like ridiculous some of the videos and photos that i've seen that 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 are actually up in orchard park new york right now i follow someone by the name of kevin myatt who i got in touch with while i was uh, doing radio down in southwest virginia shortly after i graduated from virginia tech someone that's a meteorologist down in roanoke now he tweeted out there's 66 inches of snow at Orchard Park. That's three inches more than Roanoke's biggest snowfall season on record. And yes, that's where the Buffalo Bill Stadium is. <laughs> three inches more than Roanoke. Southwest Virginia. If you haven't been to Southwest Virginia, it gets cold down there. It's the mountains, it's not the Rocky Mountains. They're the mountains, though. It's the Appalachian Mountains. It gets cold. The wind, we've had some nasty snowstorms flow through there, too. 66 inches in one snowfall up there near Buffalo, three inches more than a season's worth of record setting snowfall in Roanoke. That's unbelievable. That, I mean, it's a really good thing that they moved that game. 66 inches. Let's see. 12 times five. So that's 60. So I, that's That's like just over five and it's about five and a half feet of snow, right? And they were projecting it could be as high as six feet. It really sounds like they're going to eclipse the six feet total before it's all said and done. And my goodness, if you if you look at the actual stadium, right, it's just a white blanket right now. You can barely see the tops of the walls that surround the field. Think about the height of those walls, too. They're probably somewhere between uh, in Buffalo. They're probably like, you know, they're no less than five and a half feet, but they're probably like between six and seven feet tall. And you can barely see the tops of them. Barely. So you, you have some you know some snow banks forming too with the wind, but you're somewhere between five and a half and, and six feet of snow up there in Orchard Park right now. And obviously, the game between the Bills and the Browns moved out of Buffalo. They're going to go play in Detroit. And what's interesting about going to Detroit for Buffalo is the Bills will play two consecutive games in Detroit because obviously this weekend they get the Browns, but they're going to be playing in detroit on thanksgiving against the lions so i that makes me more excited i get to watch stefan diggs right university of maryland product and on my fantasy team this year but he's just a really electrifying player to watch and and you know getting to to watch them compete on thanksgiving is going to be a lot of fun so what's also interesting about that game though now that it's not going to be played in the snow big time fantasy implications right they're back to normal josh allen to stefan diggs and gabe davis devin singletary Buffalo's vaunted offense likely not have would not have been as effective in several feet of snow, right? And, the, and now the Browns, obviously, they're going to rely on Nick Chubb as they have all season. Not anywhere close to where Cleveland fans would have hoped that the Browns would be right now. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that Jacoby Brissett is playing quarterback for them instead of Deshaun Watson. Although Deshaun Watson probably shouldn't be allowed to play quarterback considering everything that's happened there. But I digress. We won't get into all that right now. He will be coming back soon in the next several weeks, will uh, we'll Deshaun Watson. So we're watching the Browns and the Bills. That is a 1 o'clock kickoff from Detroit. Now into the 425 slate here. Things get interesting. Dallas at Minnesota. Cowboys coming off a loss to the Green Bay Packers. Pretty surprising loss, as a matter of fact. Meanwhile, Minnesota coming off the win over the Commanders. 8-1. and with the only loss being to the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that the commanders just beat. That's a 425 kickoff. And I know a lot of folks will have their eyes on that one. Also an interesting game and maybe not more so than this Dallas, Minnesota game, but I, I like the Cincinnati Pittsburgh matchup because TJ Watt is back and it's in Pittsburgh, but Steelers are two and zero with TJ Watt in the lineup this season. And they're coming off a 20-10 to 10 win over the Saints. That was TJ Watt's first game back. What's also interesting about the Steelers' defense is that Minka Fitzpatrick actually had an appendectomy this week, but is still expected to play. Little-known fact, appendectomy is, like, one of the things that I'm most fearful of. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, you know lightly knocking on wood right now i still have my appendix but the you know the whole notion of it just kind of like flaring up and potentially exploding and you have to have surgery to have it removed like everyone i've known that's had an appendectomy is like oh no big deal but oh any sort of being cut open just you know makes me squirm a little bit but (laughs) i digress again cincinnati meanwhile coming off a bye and, and starting to play better after a slow start but no jamar chase Bengals 5-4 on the season, Steelers 3-6. It's an AFC North Divisional game and one that I will have my eyes on. Now, the two best games of the weekend are both in primetime. One of them is technically not this weekend. It's on Monday night. We'll get to that in a second. Sunday night, though, we have the Chiefs at the Chargers. And if you'll remember, Kansas City won a shootout. In Kansas City against the Chargers back in week two that was a game that Herbert fractured his rib cartilage and then remained in the game and actually played incredibly you know Herbert had that fractured rib cartilage and a couple of plays later on third down I think it was third and it was third and short it was either third and one or two and Herbert could have run for the first down and he scrambled out a little bit and he just chucked the ball into the ground and, and grasped at his side because he was in so much pain. And then on the very next play, the char- the Chargers on fourth down convert with a, a bomb that Herbert threw down the middle of the field to, to put them in in a position to have a chance at winning that game. So he showed a lot of guts in that, uh, in that moment. But... Another guy that's on my fantasy team, Justin Herbert, he's actually been a pretty tremendous letdown, especially considering that I took him a little bit ahead of of Patrick Mahomes. And the logic there was that Mahomes no longer having Tyreek Hill, his production would drop off and it might not be quite where it was at with Tyreek Hill, but he's still been damn good. And... It hasn't been like Rodgers losing Devontae Adams. Mahomes really hasn't lost a step at all. They, Their offense is a well-oiled machine, so that was a mistake. But Herbert's lack of success this season also has a lot to do with the fact that his receivers have been oft injured, on top of the fact that he's also been battling an injury. So you can't overlook all of that, but I think Herbert's finally over the, the rib cartilage issue, the, the fractured rib cartilage. It's said to be something that takes, like, Six to eight weeks to recover from. I think we're maybe around seven or so since that happened. So he's probably pretty much back to normal. But Chiefs at the Chargers Sunday night, that's probably my favorite game of the weekend. But my second favorite game outside of the Commanders Texans, because we'll all be watching that one, right? The San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have been a huge letdown this year. They had to play their first six games without DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously a huge loss. We saw the results of that, but Kyler Murray hasn't really looked great either. And the Cardinals are the subject of hard knocks in season, which is airing right now on HBO Max. The first two episodes are currently available. I actually did not get to watch the newest episode last night. I'm going to do that pretty much as soon as we get off the air in a little over an hour from now. But the other thing about the Cardinals is they were without James Conner for a while and it seemed like Eno Benjamin did a pretty good job filling the void when James Connor was out, but Connor came back last week. Actually, it might have been it was two weeks ago, I think. And of course, he's he's back in his starting role, and he's not really relenting, any carries to to Benjamin anymore. There was said to be, and I, and I haven't actually seen it confirmed. Admittedly, I haven't dug too hard on it, but. There was said to be somewhat of a dust-up or maybe a disagreement between Eno Benjamin and a member of the Arizona Cardinals coaching staff. Maybe not to the same degree that we saw Robbie Anderson get into it with a member of the Carolina Panthers coaching staff before they traded Robbie Anderson to the Arizona Cardinals. But what's also interesting there is that Eno Benjamin was picked up by the Texans, who have Damian Pierce, stud rookie running back out of Florida, You wonder how much he factors into that. I don't know how much we'll see of him in the in the commanders game, if any of him at all. But something to keep an eye on. On the other side of things, though, the San Francisco 49ers obviously lost Trey Lance very early on in the season. But Jimmy G hasn't been too bad. San Francisco's five and four. Christian McCaffrey has been a good addition for them. He's getting more comfortable. He's starting to produce. They could make some noise if they continue to roll. But Seattle out there in the NFC West is is making it tough on everybody. The Rams out of it. But but I like this Monday night football matchup. So I, I think Sunday night, Monday night are your two best games of the of the season so far. Let's get out of here though. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we will wrap up the show. Wrap up the eight o'clock hour right here on one oh six seven The Fan. Outcast it's a little different on a Friday, no? I love it. Friday evening here in the DMV 106.7. The fan Danny Noakes with you up until 10 o'clock. Caitlin in studio producing the show. She's done a great job tonight. Wanted to get a quick update in on the Washington Wizards here who are in a battle with the Miami Heat. Fourth quarter just underway. Ten and a half minutes to go. Wizards have regained the lead. Ninety to eighty-eight. The current score. It was a fourteen-point lead, or not actually not quite a fourteen-point lead, but it was a lead for the Miami Heat going into halftime here. No Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo tonight. So this is again a, an opportunity for the Wizards to tack on a win, add to their home record, which currently stands at five and four. They're eight and seven overall. Miami vice versa seven and eight and they are one and four on the road 17 points so far from kyle kuzma five rebounds four assists Christoph porzingis not a ton of production on offense since we opened this show just 14 points remember we talked about how he was at 10 back in the first quarter but 15 boards from porzingis he's cleaning up the glass Four assists, a steal, and two blocks to go along with it. He's at three personal fouls. Always got to keep an eye on foul trouble there. And wrapping things up, Bradley Beal has notched 20 points on seven assists, six of 11 shooting, four of seven from downtown. And how about Corey Kispert jumping in with 17 points, two rip rebounds, and two assists as well. That's pretty cool. They're shooting the ball pretty well, are the Wizards tonight. 35-72, that's good enough for just under 49% from the field. Not bad, but they got to close this thing out. It'll be a tough stretch toward the finish line here against the Miami Heat who do not have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo tonight. We'll check back in on that game a little bit later on. Hey, special thank you to Richmond John. Who's listening to the show here in Richmond, where I'm doing the show from doing it remote tonight. Had some kind words. Appreciate you, buddy. We will definitely talk more NFL coming up in the nine o'clock hour. And, that's where I want to begin the nine o'clock hours, as a matter of fact because I've got a couple of topics here that aren't necessarily right along the same lines as the actual games happening we just ran through some of the bigger games but you got Washington DC the Attorney General is suing the commanders for an alleged ticket scheme just throw it on the pile just another lawsuit to add to Dan Snyder's repertoire not to mention Jeff Saturday is a brand new interim head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. His hiring, much maligned, but he got a win last weekend. So what does it mean? I want to talk about that and hoping that we'll have some time to talk some Washington Capitals in the 9 o'clock hour as well. So four segments left. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will get it going for 60 more minutes. Stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.